everybody, and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. Crofton told me to have energy, and I think my my cold just uh, broke the uh, the podcast. But I am your host Ryan Murphy this week, and joining me as always is Crofton. How's it going, Crofton? Ryan, how are you? Uh, actually, I know the answer to that because you've already told everybody that you're recovering from a cold. I will just say that uh, no matter no matter who is sick, who is tired, we must stick to the every second episode hosting rule. And therefore, I'm sorry, my friend, you are host with the most today. It's true. I am hosting with a cold, uh, but that's fine. That's totally fine. And, uh, you know, we've got a We've got a pretty uh, packed show tonight. Um, I don't know if you saw Crofton, but we have some listener feedback to discuss later on in the episode. Uh, but first, I wanted to start off uh, the podcast. This is our first episode of June 2022. It has officially entered the countdown to summer because there are, I think, 15 school days left before summer, somewhere around Summer! There. Woo! Yeah, yeah. I uh, I remember as a kid really looking forward to summer and, and kind of seeing Canada Day as the kickoff to um, to summer. And then quickly you get to you get to high school and college in which you're like, well, man, summer starts like in May. It's crazy. Um, but but all that's kind of a blur now because we've kind of reset, you know, having kids and it's like, oh, no, wait, now summer starts, you know, end of june like i'm looking at my calendar and i'm and it's it's like swiss cheese in terms of where i'm working and when i'm not working um obviously this is our first year where the kids are you know both of them are out of school i'm not on parental leave ashley's not on parental leave um that was our last two years you know and previous to that it was you know either ashley wasn't working or the kids were young enough that we could we could make it work so it's going to be interesting to see how it works. Uh, our first year of like camps and grandparent visits and just taking time off to, to be with the kids. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, so what I, I have, um, and you may have seen in the show notes, I do have a rant about Ooh. summer. I was going to put it in the diaper section. I mean, we can save it for the diapers. I was like thinking we could bookmark the podcast. I just feel like the, it, the natural ebb and flow of conversation makes it such that sure. it would be good to go into full rant mode right now. And um, I'm pretty confident this is something that I talked about last year on the show. But here's the thing. After a year of the show, I just erase everything from my hard drive and I just do it again. So whatever. What are you going to do? I'll do uh, so – one thing is that when you're a kid, summer is just awesome. It's like, oh, summer vacation. Woo, no school. Math sucks. Let's go have fun. And I don't know about you, but like for the most part, when I was younger, like so my mom w did not work. Uh, she stayed home with the kids. And therefore, like, you know, uh, it was just a lot of hanging out at home. And we lived on the river. Lots of swimming it was great. Uh, great fun. Maybe. We would get to go to a day camp for a week or something during the summer. That was about it. Uh, as I got older, I, met, I went to sleepaway camp at least one time. But now I'm an adult uh, living in the city with my wife who is uh, also working. And we have to find something to do with our children during the summer. And it is really annoying. 
because <laughs> the entire all of society is designed to uh, essentially you know, have your kids taken care of by school. Yes. They're supposed to learn things, but a big part of school is daycare so that the parents can work. Like, I mean, it sucks to say it, but it's true. And when school is over and then it's summer season, yes, you're going to, you get a couple of weeks vacation in the summer. You're going to do family vacation. You hope, but if you and your significant other both work and you don't have any daycare solutions, uh, well, then what, what do you end up doing? Like you, you can't do a family vacation because maybe one of you has to take two weeks uh, with the kids what, and then the other would take two weeks with the kids to give you a four week coverage, you know, like that. that that's a, what a lot of people I think have to do. Um, and so and then on top of that, it's like, so what's the solution? Day camps generally. So or, or, or some form of, of camp like that. Two things about day camps. One, they're really expensive. At least where I, I don't know where I am, and I guess I guess I mean, it's fair when I I know my day care costs for my youngest are are high. Uh, so I mean, if they're taking care of your child, it should be about the same price. But at a day camp, they're also doing all sorts of fun activities. It makes sense to me that it would be expensive. Um, and then you have to book them ridiculously early and be like super organized. Like you've got to be on top of it. Christmas ends. It's like, you know, New Year's, you know, happy new year, everybody. Oh, ball just dropped quick. Get on the computer and book day camps right now. You know, like, uh, because they will be all booked up otherwise. And then if they are booked up, what the hell do you do? Like we have been close a couple of times here and, we're good. We're good. Like we booked, uh, but uh, I mean, it's been closed and we benefit from like having a very high amount of leave. We're very fortunate. And uh, so it means that all of August, essentially uh, I'm going to be off and I'm going to be off, uh, you know, and we're, my wife's going to take time off during August and we're going to be off as a family. And then I'm going to be off doing just solo parenting two of the weeks. Uh, and, and then uh, all, but all of July, Gwen, my oldest is going to be in daycare, uh, daycare, day camp. And we've got like different day camps booked up. It's like, I was on the phone with the day camp organizers and they're like, well, we got a spot in this one. And then she could go to this one or whatever. And I just felt like, it was it was just it's a lot it's a lot expensive hard to book i don't know if it's the only solution but i just don't understand how society operates like when your kids are school age like if they're in kindergarten you know what do you like what are parents doing like how can everybody across the board like are there enough day camps for all these kids and do all the parents have enough money for the day camps and day camps aren't subsidized like not everybody's going to be in my spot anyway yeah that's my that's my summer parenting rant i just don't understand it it seems like poorly thought out well here's the thing i'll give you an answer to a couple of your more recent questions the, the answer is no there aren't enough spots and a lot of parents um, can't afford to, to put their kids in, in day camps. Um, they are expensive. Uh, I think for, for us, like we have kind of looked at our schedule and, and basically both Ashley and I had to take the eight weeks of summer and just chop them up and figure out like, okay, 
where are we taking a family vacation? Where are the kids? And both, we have two kids that need to be, you know, in a camp. So if we're, if, if Ashley and I are both working, then all three kids need to be somewhere. Uh, Izzy is in daycare. Caden and Abby are, are, are together all summer. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but they'll be together all summer, wherever they go. And, um, I think they've got two, two weeks, um, at like specialized camps. I think they have like a, I, I actually don't know. And this is the other thing uh, you mentioned being organized, like total shout out to Ashley, who's super organized with this stuff. I basically, um, was helpless when it came to the camps and whatnot. Uh, obviously I, I tried my best when, whenever we were discussing it, but I'm not that she was, she was the lead on that. And then there's like some day camps as well where, um, cause Ashley works part time. Um, so some day camps where the kids will be in day camps and then on Wednesdays and Thursdays, they'll be home. But like, I think every family does things differently and, um, what works for one family isn't going to work for another. And I'm sure if listeners write in, uh, we'll get a different story, um, life story from, from every person. Uh, I know growing up, my mom is a teacher. So when we were kids, she was home with us in the summer. And, and honestly, just like you described as a kid, you don't really think about it. And, and that just becomes the norm for you. And like, oh yeah, like my mom's home with me all summer because she's a teacher and you don't even, doesn't even cross your mind to think, I wonder how my friend so-and-so does this, you know? And, um, there is that time frame where obviously your kids can't be home by themselves, uh, which is a time frame you and I are both in, but we're going to get to a point where, you know, the day camps and, and the, the grandparent visits aren't going to be required. The kids will be old enough to, to keep themselves not only busy, but they'll be responsible enough to be on their own. And, and I also remember, you know, that moment, you know, when, when you're on, you know, I, I didn't really experience a whole lot because again, my mom was a teacher. So if there was like a week off for school or we were on summer break, mom was home. Um, but you will hit that point. Uh, it won't be for a while. Like we'll be doing the day camps and stuff for a while and, and stuff. But I, th- I think every family is different. A lot of grandparent time and yeah, I'm sure we have listeners. I'm sure there are folks out there that, uh, they, I don't know how they do it. That that is one of those things where I I, I don't know. And I think I, grandparents is one of those. Th- you overlook like I take for granted of sometimes what I have in terms of like being you know the leave I mentioned the the, the funds, uh, an organized wife as well. Uh, yeah. uh, like, but but yeah, I don't have necessarily the grandparent support for uh, for that sort of thing. But a lot of people do, right? And so I think that that might be a thing where they work out. It's just, there's so many different ways that it can be done. There's no school is like this consolidated structure. Like it works a certain way. Um, and everybody is playing by the same rules. Everybody understands it, you know, but like mm. work, like when, when summer season starts at, at work and I'm like, yeah, things are, things are different now. Like I, my starting hours are different because now I have to drive across town and go to this day camp or something like, you know, it's just, and I, again, fortunate with the flexibility. There's other people don't have that flexibility. I just think summer is funny because like as a kid, it was just this, you know, awesome period. Like just, I love it so much. And honestly, I still love it as an adult. Obviously it's a great um, 
season in terms of weather and swimming and family time and fun, all of that. It's just, there's so much, it's this, it's the season of the year that requires the highest level of organization and management by the parents. And, uh, I, you know, that's what I, I just, it, it's just funny to me almost that we're all left to our own devices. It's like, oh, we've helped you school all year, but now like figure it out, guys. Take the summer off. Spend time with your kids. I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot. I have to work a job, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, but it is what it is. Like, I think when the pandemic hit, especially early on, it really highlighted a lot of those um, gaps in childcare and and in general like when the schools were closed and everyone's home and i just remember like just the utter panic from both employees and employers it was all over the news it was all over the radio like the premier was talking about it here and it's just i know it was an issue like a, like everywhere where it really showcased you know what like the issue of of um available childcare and and i at a, you know here in Canada, I know we have it better than than in you know other countries, even close neighboring countries. Um, but it really showcased, it shone a light on like that issue. And you're so right when it comes to summer, like it really does feel like a hey, yay, summer, celebrate. But um, yeah, I, I think most parents, it's it. There's always those situations where you know there is that like scramble to figure out what to do. But I think. For the most part, um, as parents, we figure it out. We make it work. And I know, like, I mentioned grandparents and, and uh, you know, people are having kids younger. Like, I know when I look at, you know, our family and then I compare that to um, my parents' family and then comparing that to my grandparents' family, like, you're having, you know, kids. We had our kids younger, so our grand their grandparents are younger, so they're still working. Like, my parents are still working. Um, Ashley's parents are still working. So when it comes down to it, like it's not as easy to say like, Oh, our gra- the grandparents are retired. They can take the kids. Like um, we, we all, we also had to coordinate with them to say like, Hey, w- when you book your leave, can you take an extra week off so you can take care of the kids for a week? You know? And it's kind of like the whole day camp situation of like, all right, it's February. We got a bug grandma and grandpa to make sure they take an extra week off in the summer. Um, whereas like, I know when, when we were kids, like, you know, my, uh, my grandmother didn't work. Uh, she was off. Um, and yeah, it is wild. I know everybody has a different scenario and it'd be really interesting to hear, uh, what those scenarios are. And, and I think for, for some folks it's just like, they make daycare work. I, I remember before I had kids talking to, to someone who had just had kids and they were basically discussing between the commute to work and daycare, they were basically working to pay for the commute and daycare. Now there is other investment there like career development and, and, you know, getting your years in towards retirement. So it's not a complete loss, but it is, that is, that is a scenario that, that people have, that people work with, right? Daycare is expensive, and so is gas. And uh, before even now, gas was expensive. So yeah. Anyway, rent over. It was just about the summer, the summer messiness of being a parent. At least in Canada, I don't know. It, we have listeners in all all sorts of different countries, including 
the United States in Newfoundland and we can, uh, you know, they can, they can send us their comments about what it's like there. I can imagine it's even crazier. So uh, Ryan, let us, let us uh, talk about something uh, more fun, uh, more pleasurable. Uh, You want to go down into the dungeons? Yes, I do. Let's talk about, uh, I'm curious. I know you just did a whole rant, but Stranger Things season four, you've, you've kicked it off. Have you? Yeah, I think we're around the same spot. It's funny because I don't know how I felt about Stranger Things season three, but I kind of feel like I felt that it jumped the shark. And uh, I was, I was like, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm done with this show. Like, you know, the end of it, uh, it, it, it was pretty cool. It was sent around a, a mall, and there was a, there was a really neat element of that, and uh, that I enjoyed a lot. But there is, like, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there's an added, I'm going to call it an international element. Uh, that is added. And while I understand that that international element that's added in season three has, has a lot like in a show based on homages to eighties stuff makes kind of sense in that way. It doesn't really make sense in any other way. Um, And I was like, when it was added, when that whole plot line was added, um, you know, I'm on board for the supernatural stuff, but the, 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 the international stuff, not so much. And um, I remember, I remember just being like, okay, this show is, is gone off the rails. Uh, I, like, I still love the characters. I love so much about it. And there were, even at the very end of season three, there was stuff that I really, I dug big time. Uh, but then there was stuff that I, you know, I didn't dig as much. So when it was gone for what is like two years now, at least, if not more, I didn't really miss it. Uh, I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait for there to be a new Stranger Things. I wasn't counting down. But when it came back, you know, maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder, all of that. I was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of, yeah, I I would be, I'm kind of into the mood for Stranger Things does so much right. You know, it's got the, the, I'm like, Ryan, you were like, your nostalgia is like early 2000s. Uh, But mine is like, I, I was from the, uh, you know, the eighties is, is my jam, right? Like, um, uh, and so early, early nineties, eighties, like I have a tremendous amount of nostalgia for, I'm in many ways to target market. And so, and then all the characters are great. Stories are great. The homages are great. All of that sort of stuff. Um, I had felt that there had kind of been maybe diminishing returns on the series, but I was like still two years away. So, I'm pleasantly surprised to say, surprised, I don't know if this is a great, great word. It was never bad. But after four episodes um, and uh, of Stranger Things season four to say, uh, man, it's really good. Like this is a good season. And I, you know, up to, up to present of the first four episodes, like I would put it like, you know, I, I remember the large scale beats of season two and season three, but I mean, other than the very first season, um, I can't, I can't think of another season that wowed me so thoroughly uh, out of the gates. Uh, how are, how are you finding it so far? And have you gotten to, have you gotten to episode four and episode four 
is the the episode Ryan again circling circling on spoilers here, but uh, is the one there's a song that that is plays a prominent role in it. It's based around the character of Max in particular, which uh, she's been in the show since season two, hmm. and uh, and um, uh, if you've seen that's the last episode I saw. Uh, I think it's called Dear Billy is the name of the episode. Oh. But uh, did did you get did you get to that episode yet? I think I think we're in the middle of it. So we're about to uh, go visit um, um, someone from the 50s. I'll say that. I think that's where we closed off. Okay. So I will just say, it, 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 so you, you, you shut off that episode midway through? Oh, and this, like, I'm not complaining. I know a lot of, it was a meme on the internet for like a good solid week. All these episodes are like over an hour and Ashley and I have basically said like we're really enjoying Stranger Things but we are going to have no problem stopping midway through these episodes cuz they're they're all very long and I we have no problems so that yeah that's why we're about halfway maybe a quarter of the way through that episode. Okay. It's just tough because it, it it's hard to when you when you watch them in chunks it's hard to to appreciate the full the fullness of an episode or like what they what they did in an episode because you break it i i know i know the feeling and i know the episodes will get really long at one point um i heard the two coming back in july there's two extra episodes to be added in july i hear that one of them is going to be like two and a half hours <laughs> or something crazy um but uh, the dear billy episode uh is uh is maybe like i was thinking about it afterwards i'm like is that the best episode ever of stranger things i was thinking like and i you know i this is a conversation some folks are having on the internet like and i'm not saying that it's gonna take a dump for the rest of the season like it, it could just keep on going and be better and better but right now i'd be hard pressed to think of one that i like that brought everything together and and like um worked better than that now, just zooming out a bit, like because that's the last episode I saw, so I'm super high on it. I have to say that there's a crazy amount of characters at this point. So there's the original characters, plus they add characters every season, and and now it's the fourth season. So, I mean, they, they just have a lot of characters, and a lot of them are in different places having different adventures or different plots. And some of them are way better than others. And... The one of the reasons season four is so good is it focuses on all the good ones uh, and kind of sidelines all the ones that are less interesting, um, and so uh, or have been less interesting up until present. I'm not sure. Maybe they'll all become super interesting and all weave together. I'm sure they will all weave together at one point, but right now um, the characters are in different places and and uh, going through different things. Uh, but yeah, uh, my wife loves – it's one of those shows my wife loves. I love um, – if we had more time to watch together because we're still in that situation with bedtime where whoever does bedtime is kind of trapped upstairs until 10, 10 o'clock and we're kind of screwed um, – and we were committed to watching it together. And so really it's just we watch on the weekends. And uh, if if the girls will do a sleepover in Gwen's room, say like tomorrow night, for instance, we might we might be able to get two episodes down, right? So uh, I am excited. And it does feel like there's an abundance of content, uh, like good shows, uh, you know, uh, or shows that have a lot of buzz or genre shows that are out there. I'm, I, haven't, I haven't even touched Obi-Wan yet, but we're going to look at that next probably, so. A lot yeah. of good stuff. 
Yeah, we're watching, uh, well, I should say I'm watching Obi-Wan. Uh, Ashley really doesn't have an interest in, in Star Wars. Um, but uh, when it comes to Stranger Things, I think um, you mentioned in, in in the absence of it being there, the heart grows fonder and, and having a return. Was, I, I think uh, Stranger Things was always one of those shows for me. I love the first season. I thought it was great. And then when it went away, it was kind of like, Oh yeah, I enjoyed Stranger Things, but is it really like the greatest show on the internet? I'm like, not really. Like, I never held that opinion, but I liked it. But then every time it came back, I was always pleasantly surprised by what I was watching. And I think, you know, I think the internet, the collective internet, and but like the internet really likes to hate things. And every season of Stranger Things, the internet would be like, yeah, it's, it's not that great. But the first season was really good. And I think that was said about season two. And I know season two had its issues because it kind of bounced around a bit. You know, Eleven had had some uh, some out of town episodes. Um, and then I think season three was generally considered to be better, but still not as great as the first season. And then I'm seeing like more dialogue about season four of it not being that great. And I'm watching it. and I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of terrible television out there. This is pretty good. Um, and I I think it is like. It's a it's an homage, as you said, to like 80s television. And they do a really good job of like placing it in the 80s, making it feel like it's an 80s product, but not like stuck in the terribleness that is some of the 80s. Uh, uh, well, television and entertainment, basically. Right. So I think that's that is such a great way of like paying homage to to a decade um, in a way where you're not like also being crappy like some of the some of the stuff that did come out in the 80s like let, let's be honest some of the stuff that they're you know uh paying tribute to it's not the greatest entertainment out there like nightmare on elm street like those are not great movies <laughs> they exist at a period oh, of time wow. send your letters to ryan Murphy i mean come on what? The, the first one i mean is decent but like they're all terrible after that are they not are you really going to defend nightmare on elm street I'm not necessarily going to defend Nightmare on Elm Street per se, but what I will defend is sort of the 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 campy, slashy '80s thriller movies. Like there's a there's a um, a video game that's come out recently that I'd like to play called The Quarry, oh, yeah. uh, which is um, which is made by the people who made Until Dawn. It's essentially an interactive. 80s slasher film and i do i do have to say that like i i do have some fondness for this and my wife um she doesn't like gore necessarily but she definitely likes that sort of suspense and and mystery and uh this season of stranger things it is worth noting the kids are starting to age up right so i i'm not sure how scary the other seasons were in retrospect i always remember they were kind of scary there was always a big bad and like the creatures scares were already always pretty big. And I felt the fact, especially in season one, that the kids were so young uh, when they had the showdown at the school at the end, it, it did feel like, you know, it did feel scary. Whereas this year um, it was the first time there's an actual, like what you would call a sentient villain. Um, and it really does feel like that it pulled from the slasher films. And the, there, there are these uh, gory, someone, gory deaths um not in a blood way but kind of in a weird disturbing to look at way um 
And I, I wonder where I used to say Stranger Things is for everyone. Like it really seemed to like the reason that it draws crazy numbers for Netflix is not just because of folks like me that have that nostalgia of the eighties and their wives and or husbands who also are like, there's characters, there's so many characters, there's guaranteed to be somebody you like or that you identify with or whatever. Um, but there's also this, um, the, the, the thing that I've kind of maybe overlooked is the scariness factor of it all. Because I know that there's some folks, like my brother's wife essentially w was like, nope, 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 in season one, I think. Like, um, and, and never looked back. It was like, mm. I was into this, but it's just too scary. And definitely this season, uh, I would say that those people, like if you were too scared before, this is probably not, you know, not going to, not going to help. It's still got all of these like high school things that are really like, if you like high school movies, which I, I love high school movies. Um, if you like that, that's all there still and done so well, but then there's, then there's the supernatural and, 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 gory and, and and all of that and to your point yes probably not having seen the full resolution of the story arc and the story this story of like whatever the killer or disturbing thing is will be much better than what is in most 80s slasher films like um you know the friday the 13th or the nightmare uh on El Elm Street. But I, I will say that I find that it does suffer from like, say what you will about those movies, Ryan, you, except for maybe the final girl, you had no sense of who was going to live or die. Right. Sometimes you would play like, okay, that guy's dead for sure. Um, but with stranger things at this point, the, the cast is so well ensconced and they're children mostly that you just kind of assume that nobody's dying, right? Like, especially that they're coming back for a final season. So that uh, eliminates the horror quite a, quite a, a well, especially that episode four I mentioned. It puts one of the ma major characters in some extremely uh, intense danger. But never at one point did I think that they were not going to make it because I'm just like, well, they're a main character. They're going to for sure survive. Whereas if it was an 80s slasher film, I'd be like, they're probably dead, you know? Uh, and uh, and so there, there's merits to both sides. Uh, but uh, that's not to say that they don't off characters in Stranger Things 4. They absolutely do. But they're not characters that you have any, or at least not yet for me, they're not characters that you have any emotional uh, attachment to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I I think it's just, it's uh, it's like a conversation I had about, uh, so, I mean, full disclosure, I do a, a zombie podcast and I have this conversation all the time. Of like, what? Yeah, you do? I do. You're only disclosing this now? Ryan, we've been talking about zombies for like, I don't know, 60 episodes and you've had this conflict of interest and you never disclosed it. <laughs> I, I, I only bring it up now because I think that the horror genre and zombies specifically as a subgenre, there's a lot of garbage. And as I have this conversation, with my co-host who's, who's steeped in zombie culture much more than I am in terms of like, he loves all the old stuff. And, and for me, like, there's a lot of bad zombie films and, and there's a good zombie, a good, bad zombie film and a bad, bad zombie film. And, and I, I will fully acknowledge that the same can be said for, for 80s horror films as well of like nightmare on Elm street. That's a good, bad uh, horror film, you know, uh, nightmare on Elm street too. I mean, no, like it, 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 
there, you, there's a diminishing returns in that one, you know, checks in quick. But like, I think that when you look at Stranger Things and the reason I brought up Zombies is uh, a movie that came out um, just last year, which was the Resident Evil. Uh, well, it was just called Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. And it is it is very much based on uh, 90s horror uh, because those games are set in the 90s and it and it takes place during Resident Evil one and two. And that was a fantastic sort of homage, not not only to the video games, the first two video games, which came out in the 90s, but the 90s in general. And it felt like a really fun film. Is it a great film? No, absolutely not. But it is a good, bad zombie film and just happens to be be based on a video game. And I think but the but the same can't be said for Stranger Things because it's like it's not only paying homage, but it's good. It's good. Um, I really enjoy Stranger Things, and I think like every season they, that they've put out is not only paying tribute to what came before with you know eighties um, movie culture. You know, the first one had some very clear like Ghostbusters vibes, and and again like they pay that tribute, they pay that homage, but they also craft solid twenty twenty content. You know, and and it it stands up against some of the other great television that's coming out right now. Uh, but, but that being said, there's a lot of garbage coming out, which is, which is fine. And people enjoy it. And I think people should enjoy what they enjoy. If you're having a great time watching some content, I, I don't think you should let, you know, top five reasons this season of blah, blah, blah is bad. Get you down. Like, I think you should just enjoy it, <laughs> you know, and I'm enjoying stranger things. And it, and it has bummed me out to see people say like, Oh, it's, it's, it's not that good. It's not that good. Like, um, I saw some some dialogue about like the main uh, Hellfire Club guy, not liking him. I think he's awesome. He's great. He kind of reminds me of Pauly Shore, <laughs> which uh, he does. And I, it's funny. I called like in the first episode. I'm like, he's the new guy of this season. Like, you know how they always. I, I and there was another possible person. It could be Jesse's. Like, I think it might be this person. I'm like, no, it's this guy for sure. But the thing is, I will say, like, he's he's disappeared. Uh, from the the past, I have like he's been gone. He was in the first two episodes fairly prominently. Then now I've watched two episodes. He's essentially being a non a non factor. I'm sure he will come back. But I find the show really just like it's funny because like uh, as I may have disclosed in the past, I have quite the penchant for pro wrestling. And in pro wrestling, you see these stories that are developed and they developed. Uh, they're developed based on crowd reaction. So two wrestlers will be paired together. Maybe they'll be made into a tag team or something. People will like two random guys and then people will start cheering for them or get behind them. They're like, Oh, we got to milk this train. Uh, Well, stranger things is very funny because it has such a wide cast of characters that that's, that's happened clearly as well, where there's pairings. um, uh, And speaking of your list, like I had a list pop up on my feed. It was like top 10 stranger things, pairings and i was like do they have that many characters that they could do that and sure enough they did um and i was re- and i was like oh this one uh, this one should be higher this one should be number one is like for anybody who watches stranger things pretty clear uh but a- a- every other one is kind of negotiable um and uh it, but it is funny to me how there's that many characters they pair so well together and that the show has tailored itself when they find a pairing that works 
or you know they they go back to it and they build on it in a way so there is some sort of like organic growth to the series i feel like it wasn't crafted to have unfolded the way that it did it wasn't like the duffer brothers had a five-year plan and they were like okay this is going to be this guy. We didn't like him in season one, but in season two onwards, we're going to love him. And then in this guy is going to be, he's going to be paired with him. Or I, I, I think they sort of like look at each season where it comes. And now they're working towards an end goal plan. That said, like I, you know, I would be hard pressed to, if, if, to find someone who really like hates stranger things. I think it's just like the, the, the disliking something because it's popular mentality um you know uh, that said this season could take a massive dive i mean for me season three um if i had watched just the first four episodes or five episodes i think i would have thought very fondly of it, it was really that international element i add i mentioned before was added mid-season towards the end and that's where i really felt that it, it suffered from that and like that could happen again and I could find the end bad. That's why I just want to preface again that I'm only talking about the first four episodes of season four, but they're long enough that they there's it's a lot of content already out there. Uh, and so, yeah, check it out, folks. Stranger Things. It's a little indie show made by, <laughs> let me see, who who made it? Netflix. Yeah. Flick. So, Nat, you'd have to find them. You can Google them probably, but uh, – but yeah, you can watch the the Stranger Things. Watch all the seasons. I know a lot of people are rewatching or starting afresh, uh, and I envy those folks. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, you go back to season one and probably be a pretty damn good time. Yeah. Speaking of the the Netflix, I feel terrible that I have not watched that new season of The Witcher. Like I, it's I, it, I'm constantly reminded that I have it sitting there, um, unwatched. <laughs> so. Um, my wife loves The Witcher. Like that's one of her all time. Like it's her, her, her. As soon as that is comes up, a new season, she's got to watch it. And I got to say that I was fighting against myself to start replaying The Witcher three throughout watching that series. It does such a good job of making you want to play The Witcher three. I I really think it's great, but it definitely suffers like from the whole Netflix effect of. Uh, you know, release the whole season at once. And then, uh, you know, like uh, a lot of people watched all the stranger things in like a weekend. And I'm, I'm still only, you know, four episodes in everybody's kind of moving at their own pace. And this time they're, they're doing, they're releasing two extra episodes. Uh, the two finales, the part two is going to be in July. But my understanding of that is that that was not a strategic thing. That was just that, they were not. They weren't able to get their production because of COVID solid to to have them already at once. So they just made the decision to to split the season. Um, so it wasn't a creative decision. But I truly like. I really think the week to week release model for me. I, I like that. The uh, that's my preferred way of of watching these shows. And because The Witcher, you mentioned it, and I'm like, yeah, that was that was so awesome. But it feels like it was forever ago. It had like five minutes in the sun and then was gone. Well I I I know when streaming services kind of like started to change from the Netflix model from dropping it all at once to, to going weekly. Like uh, it was before I had kids and I was kind of like, oh I really like having it all there and just keep going and when I'm done, I'm done. But like I already started to see the writing on the wall because like my TV watching partner, Ashley, she does not really like watching something, the same show consistently until the end. It's like, man, can we not get some like 
you know, in between stuff here. And uh, I remember that was always like a critique she had. And um, it's the same thing whenever Netflix drops a season of something we are watching together. It's like, man, we've been watching a lot of Stranger Things. And I I'm, I much prefer the weekly. I, I get it. Like it's a it's a it's 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 selfish of us to say like, oh, no, no, the weekly is way better because there are folks that enjoy the the binge. But like for me, like I can't I can't binge stuff. I get maybe an hour and a half of TV time um, each night. And again, that's me not playing video games, not, you know, going to bed early. <laughs> so you, you have to prioritize. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's better. What I'm I, like, what I'm saying is, is, I'm not saying it's better for me. I'm saying it's better for the show. And what I mean by that is that you're able to promote it for a longer period of time. Right. Uh, it, each episode gets to exist as its own thing. Um, uh, people get time to process it, and, and and then they can the cycle begins again. It's in the public uh, sphere for a longer period of time. Um, and it is funny, Ryan. I remember like watching these shows on TV, like I don't know if it was a Lost or a whatever. Like even before Lost, Lost was one of the ones where serializ- serialization was so damn important. But um, you know, because like shows like Law and Order and ER, a lot of them you can miss an episode and you'd miss the plot of the week, but like you weren't missing any sort of the greater storyline, right? Maybe years, not a great example for that. There was ongoing storylines, but like you would sit down to watch your, your show on Thursday at eight or whatever. And then it would be a rerun, you know, a repeat or something. And then you're like, Oh shit. And then one week you don't watch. And then there's a new episode and you have no way of being able to go back to that. And you're just like, I don't know what's going on. So what's funny about this weekly release model is it's still better than the way things used to be. You get a, you know, you get a brand new episode for like say eight or weeks every week. And then if you want to binge all at once, you can just, you know, wait the eight weeks and then, then start watching. So I just see no doubt, like people could choose to wait the eight weeks and watch it all at once. But, um, but uh, but yeah, for from the show's perspective, uh, and for the production of the show, like think of all the money that went into Stranger Things, and it's having a moment, obviously. But that moment will then be over, and then we'll move on to something else. And this time, it's going to get to double dip because of the two other episodes. But if they had all been released at the same time, it wouldn't have gotten any more attention than it's already getting, which is a lot. Uh, and then it, it it would be probably about the same life cycle and then it would be over and we would be on to the next thing of which there is a lot this summer, a lot of things. So uh, yeah. Miss Marvel just released its first episode today, I think, you know, like there's just she hulks and Marvel <laughs> and Star Wars and this and that. And, uh, you know, Netflix got a zillion things. It's just there's just so much TV coming out right now uh, on top of. The movies. I'm not sure if you heard Ryan, but there's a new Jurassic World movie, um, and uh, I only know that because every website I open sends me 30 <laughs> ads for it. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm curious about the new Jurassic uh, World film. I, I I do enjoy that that world, but um, you know, it, it's interesting. You brought up like terrestrial television and and the way it used to work and and i can say like it still works that way there's one show that ashley and i watch it's the rookie and it's on like standard cable it's the nathan fillion cop show and it's really good i really enjoy it but it is annoying because they will go weeks uh where there's no new episode and it and it's random it's like they'll have five episodes in a row 
take three weeks off, come back with two episodes, take three weeks off, have one episode. Then they're on a winter hiatus and then they come back in March and they still do that. They shit? still do it. It is the most annoying thing oh, ever. My and goodness. that's why I can't do it's the only, it's the last show that I watch that is um, that is on terrestrial cable type setup and it is the most annoying thing ever. And I think that a lot of other channels like AMC with The Walking Dead and um, uh, Better Call Saul, like it has become much more predictable in that they, they say, OK, we're going to air eight episodes in a row. Um, sometimes they'll take like weeks off for like American holidays, but it's very rare. But like it's it's very set out. You know exactly what's happening. But in terrestrial cable, like they still do the thing where it's like tune in for the next episode of The Rookie like three weeks from now. And it's like sometimes they don't even tell you. Sometimes they don't even say like if a new episode's airing, like you said, you tune in uh, Sunday night at 10 to see if it's a new episode. And I mean, now we have PVR. So if it doesn't record, we just chalk it up to like, oh, there wasn't a new episode. But it is it is so annoying. And I think like that's why I've said to Ashley, like, well, once this show is done, we're likely done with with cable, right? Like I, we, there are other shows we watch. It's cheaper to get, you know, pay for the package we have and add AMC for, you know, like I said, walking dead and, and better call Saul and stuff. But like, it is still weird that they do that. And I much prefer, you know, letting some streaming services have some shows build up. There are a few services like Amazon prime, uh, Netflix and Disney plus where I, I'm subscribed and we, we, for various reasons and we'll watch stuff week to week there. But like there are other services where I'm like, you know what? Um, they're putting out a season of, uh, you know, such and such a show. I'll wait until like enough of it's out where I can subscribe for a month, catch up during that month and finish off the season. And I can plan that, you know, I know that there are X amount of episodes coming out until the end of such and such a month. And I can, I can plan that. And I know a lot of people, may not do that or they might just like i'm going to subscribe while new episodes are coming out that's also fine takes away like the planning aspect of it which i can respect because it's it can be a lot just for a tv show but i think that's the way to go is you know when ted lasso comes back we'll be subscribing to apple tv plus for however long it takes to to watch that show weekly and we'll dive into some other shows at the same time and i think that's just that's that's the future. And I know a lot of people complain about like, oh, we're getting back to cable where we're just paying a bunch of money for all these channels. And I'm like, but we're really not. I mean, if you are on cable and if you've tried to like change your package or cancel channels or add channels, like even if it's easy, it is super complex because of the way they bill you for it. So even if it's easy to change your channels, like there's still some weirdness in the billing. You know, they like prorate it and then they like take it off your bill and then they add it. It's just, it's insane. I love to just be able to like, okay, I'm done with, you know, Apple TV plus for the month cancel. Okay. Your subscription ends in 15 days and you won't be charged for another month. Easy peasy, super simple. So, I mean, now we're just getting into like, you know, old man complains about how TV works. But, uh, that being said, yeah, you should all go watch stranger things season four, uh, on, on the hit streaming service netflix and while you're waiting for the second part of uh stranger things um not only can you listen to this podcast but you can also watch the third season of umbrella academy that's also going to be on netflix when does that come out uh june something i think i'm pretty sure it's in between look i'm not a netflix guy 
Yeah, yeah we're uh, J- Jesse and I are big on the Umbrella Academy. We'll be all. That's another one we can watch together. So, ah, so many shows. Yeah, like I think it's June, uh, June twenty something. I was gonna try to Google it, and you again, you'd think it'd be just something simple to uh, to to pull up, but uh, it, oh, June twenty second. There it is. I had to scroll a little bit. Dang, so June twenty second. So right in between, um, in just a couple of weeks. Uh, but but something you can also do is you can tune into our diapers section, uh, which we're gonna move into right now. And we're going to talk, I know Crofton did his rant, and I know uh, we also let him have his time with Stranger Things. Uh, I've got some updates for the diaper section, and I'm sure Crofton will have more to add here. But uh, last episode, we talked about the bus situation. Um, There's been some developments since then. So this is with Caden. He's been struggling on the bus, pestering his sister. Like, he he just does not want to, he just needs to be occupied on this, like, 30-minute bus ride. Super simple. Um, we tried the little SanDisk podcast player. It worked for a good couple weeks or at least a week. Um, there's nothing wrong with the player. The kids were interested. They were listening to the podcast, but, uh, I guess the bus driver (laughs) all of a sudden has this radio that she's using, uh, which the kids can hear in the front seat. So they haven't been using the podcast player. I asked them like, are you, what do you, are you listening to what podcast you listen to? He's like, oh no, we listen to the radio. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, why, why didn't the bus driver have a radio all all season? Like, why all of a sudden is there? I and I, I thought maybe because I mentioned the kids just want to be entertained and they're used to the radio, and you know, I figured the podcast player would help. So, um, the bus ha- I think has been going better. Like we have since the whole last time we had the bus report incident. Um, there's been no other reports coming in. I. I get it. They're, they're kids. The bus stops. They get excited. They want to get off. They're, they've been cooped up at school and on the bus for a while. And they get overeager to get off the bus. And, and uh, But they're, they're kids. They're young kids. Uh, but outside of that, like I guess there really hasn't been many issues. So, so that's good. We're excited about that. Um, I do have this like SanDisk player uh, with a bunch of stories, kids podcasts on it that are that isn't being used. But again, I was happy to to pick it up and, and try it. It may be sometime though. Oh gosh, yes. You don't know you don't know for sure if this will be, you know, it's it's a you've got a back pocket. Yeah. And and my goal was always like Ashley and I's goal was always like, let's get through the rest of the season. We've got a few more weeks. That he's they're like they've literally um so Abigail no uh Caden wrote out how many no actually Caden and Abigail both wrote out like how many school days are left. I told them I counted them, I told them how many school days are left. And they put them on a piece of paper, you know, down from 17. And then Abby's like, oh, we need to make copies. So I took her into the office and I, I showed her how to make copies uh on the copier. And uh now there's like three or four calendars all over the house where she goes around every day at the end of school and just like crosses off like a day on like four different calendars in four different rooms um, as she counts down to summer. So like we're, we're nearly there. And um, as you said, like, I think the podcast player will come in handy more for, you know, a bus or uh, long car rides and stuff. So we're, I think it'll, it'll come in handy. So uh, I was really happy about that. Um, I didn't mention this last episode, but uh, the kids have started soccer um first time since covid that we're back out doing sports for the kids and 
you know, I guess we could have done it last year, but we <laughs> back to that conversation of signing up for camps. Yeah. Um, you know, in January 2021, like COVID wasn't it was, a, there was I think we were in the middle of a wave and we were kind of like, well, do we sign them up for soccer? And I'm like, well, maybe we wait one more year. The summer ended up being, you know, mostly fine that that year. But uh, um, this year we decided like, no, let's get them in soccer. They both a really need it and B will have a lot of fun. Um, Caden is, uh, he is, <laughs> so he, I, the first game I got, so Ashley and I alternate, so I'll watch, so they play on separate teams. Um, so the first week I watched Caden play and it was really interesting. He was first like a little apprehensive about, you know, engaging with his teammates and his coach. But then once the game started, he was all over it and they must be playing soccer at school because we don't run drills or play soccer at home like we'll kick the ball around but like seeing him play soccer it's like clearly they're playing at school because he's got he's got some knowledge of the game he's got some skills there he's listening to the ref the whistle um he understands the rules uh he understands how to pass and all that but he is so into the game like he is kicking the ball down the field he's dribbling it and he's getting it to the net he's scoring goals um every time he scored a goal he'd like remind everyone around him like what the, what the score is so he's one of those kids <laughs> oh great yeah uh, i'm not i just imagine that he does the giant fifa soccer celebration <laughs> like he he just runs slides on his knees pulls his shirt over his little head you know and he's like ah, you know doing this like ole 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 chant <laughs> i'm sure if i showed him one of those videos he would do it the next week um he so he like at one point the the score was like five two or something because again they're they're six year olds so like there's a lot of goals on both sides, and uh, he scores a goal and he's like he's got his hands up it's like it's five three and everyone thinks he's like going for high fives no he's just telling everybody that they have five goals and and they have three and he's like reminding the, the uh and and you know before anyone writes in we did remind him like hey this is for fun you can keep track of the score I don't have a problem with that but like. You don't need to like rub it in everyone's faces. Like everyone's here to have fun. And if you're reminding everyone that you're like every time you score what the score is, like they know what the score is if they want to keep track. Um, it, like at that age, like it really is about having fun. But like I said to Caden, like you can have fun. You can keep track of the score. But, you know, you don't have to you don't have to remind everybody uh, every time every time you, you get it in the net. But like he's he's just he's having such a great time and it's it's so great to see and he, and he is he is sharing and he is um being courteous to his fellow teammates and his coach and he's listening and um there was one moment where he like he shot the ball it bounced off the goalie and then it came back and hit him in the face and then went into the net and I was worried he was going to like he, he he was going to be upset, but no, he was just, he was just super stoked that he had scored. He said he scored with his face. I did it. I did it. I scored with my face. He's got then, like blood rushing down <laughs> out of his nose and he's holding up his fingers. He's like six, three motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, you're like, Kaden, Kaden, come on, Kaden, buddy. Come on. Just, you don't have to just, it, it is so funny. Like he, there's all these like anecdotes for him. Cause he's so into the game. He was playing goalie. And again, this just is, I don't know where he gets these soccer skills from, but he's playing goalie. He stops, the, the the other team's coming he stops the um the ball 
And but one of the players kind of loses their balance and kind of charges the net and, and runs into Caden. And what does Caden do? He like he reaches up to his nose. He's like, oh, my nose, my nose. And I'm like, oh, you're such a good soccer player. You know? Yeah, you already know how to do it. Uh, <laughs> well, um, what was I going to say? Uh, and it's funny because Mario Strikers isn't even out yet. So I would say he, that's where he's watched you <laughs> yeah. at home. And he's like, OK, this is how you do it. Again, I'm. Uh, I would be really concerned because Caden, like, they're kids. They're impressionable. Like, they might, they might think like, oh yeah, that's the way to do it. So I'm like, now I'm kind of thinking like, I, I definitely can't get that game because I don't want him like, where's the electric fence? Like, how this isn't soccer. Um. So I, I, he's he's been doing good, and and you know, Ashley got to see him play last weekend, and she said, yeah, he was having just a blast and being very good. And we remind him like, just be courteous to the other players. Again, like. You can keep track of the score, but don't make it the only part of the game that you enjoy. Like, just have fun. And but that being said, with um with Abigail, this is her first year playing an organized sport. Um, she is she's like Caden. She, they must be playing soccer at school. She really loves to chase the ball. She's she's good with passing, good with kicking, and but she's been harder to kind of get into the game. She's been more apprehensive throughout the process um you know having to ask her you know you know it's time to go on your coach is calling you in you wanted to play goalie go ahead go ahead and it is going to take a bit more time with her because again she just doesn't have as much experience as as Caden did he's he's played soccer before uh before COVID um but like I've even noticed a difference week after week with with Abby where she is getting more interested in the game and playing and um we had a we had a fun moment where we let her pack the snacks for everybody and i'm in the van and i'm and we're driving out to the soccer pitch and i'm just like what is that god awful smell like what did you pack for your snacks and then we're at the game and she opens it up and sure enough there's like a a bunch of there's like pickles in there and like these little sweet onions that just reek like these onions that you would get in like a pickled jar and I'm like, that is not a snack for a soccer game. That's but she's so just disgusting. sitting there, just <laughs> mowing them down. And I'm just like, oh my god, how do you play soccer? Well, or, or you know what? It's totally. She gets right in kids' faces. You know, yeah. she's like, right. You know, like some guys, like she's playing defense. They're cherry picking and and you know going as kids do. No offsides. You know, no. They're the guys. Guys just walking out there. She gets in their face. She's she's saying, "You should really go back to your side." He's like, "Oh my god, what is that smell? It smells like onions and pickles." Yeah. Oh, uh, you don't like that? Maybe you should back the hell up. You know. So yeah. Strategy. I mean, it, it's a strategy. You're right, and I and I think uh, maybe she's playing a different game, and she's getting in their heads, and uh, it worked. Like I, I really, I really she got uh, in your head clearly. I, yeah, she did. But I mean, there were moments, but I'll say this, like after she had those onions, like she was out there on the field, she was chasing the ball and she was having a great time. And, and, uh, I I'm thinking by the end of the season, and this is the thing, like it's only to the end of the end of July. So it's going to be over before we even know it. Like we're going to be sitting here and be like, well, that's soccer. And the kids, the kids are probably going to be disappointed. Cause again, like summer would only be half over at that point. Um, but they're enjoying it. And I, you know, it's every Saturday, uh, so it's nice to like have an outing, and and it's been tougher to get out as a complete family because Isabel still naps in the afternoon. Um, so soccer's been really good. It splits up the day. It's before her nap, so we're able to all go out as a family. And and I think even uh, Isabel's been enjoying it. Although I guess uh, 
first of all, Isabel wants to be with Ashley the whole time. So I don't, I'm, I'm going to try to take Isabel maybe one week and, and see if, uh, see if, uh, she'll let me, uh, if she'll hang out with me instead of Ashley. But I guess Isabel just sits on the side and just eats all the snacks <laughs> the whole time. So she's just sitting there, uh, having her snacks while she watches the games. But, um, we always find like, uh, we, we're trying to find different, you know, outings now that it's, it is a bit safer to go out and, and, and be in large crowds. And, uh, we did a we did a family trip to the Toronto Zoo uh last weekend um which included skipping Isabel's nap which was uh fun to say the least but uh I don't know have you ever been to the Toronto Zoo I know it's it's a little further for you it'd be a it'd probably be a hotel trip for you Oh yeah no question hotel trip we've thought about like just trips to Toronto we have family in the area uh I mean um that we could potentially stay with. And like, just there's a bunch of things that we would look to do and, and the zoo would be a uh, high among them, but no, have not been to Toronto zoo. I think this summer there's that, I guess the next biggest zoo um, going eastwards in Canada is the Granby zoo, which is uh Granby is a smaller, smaller town, but it's outside Montreal, not too far. And uh, we'll probably go hit up the Granby Zoo at one point on the way to see Jesse's dad this summer. So we are going to do make a, a zoo trip. But uh, but Gwen did it when she was small. She really, really enjoyed it. I think Clara would really, really like it now, but Gwen doesn't really remember last time we went to the zoo. So um, she's like, I've never seen a giraffe. I'm like, yes, you have. You saw it at the zoo. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll say this about zoos like i know um not all zoos are are built the same and i think like the zoo here locally in peterborough as well as the toronto zoo i I really appreciate um and maybe it's just marketing but i but i really do believe it like i i do appreciate their sort of um approach to having a zoo and and then it's, it's about protection it's about um it's about saving uh, these animals uh, and and conserving, um, you know, and and giving them a habitat that is you know at least as familiar as it can be to to what they would have in the wild. And and I know like there's a lot of conversations that that come with with zoos, and you even feel it as you're there as you're seeing these animals, and um, you you hope they're uh, those animals are, are comfortable, and and I think they are. Like I think at the Toronto Zoo they they do a good job of setting up these in these habitats uh, for these animals. Um, but uh, we, we did go and um, we did pick up a, a family membership because it's not too far from where we live. And, and the best part about it is that it's on, it's on, um, it's before Toronto. They call it the Toronto zoo, but it's before you get to like the real hell zone that is Toronto, which is the, uh, you know, like yeah, just eight lanes of, of bumper to bumper. Uh, so that's, that's why it's really nice. And it is, it is a day trip for us, which is really cool. Um, so we, and the best part about, about being able to make it a day trip is like, it is a big place, you know, it's, you, you can't do it all in one day, especially when you're, when you have three kids. Um, so I said to Ashley, it's like, well, this is great. We can get a family membership. We could just go see what we can see. And then the next time we go up, we can just plan to go see something else. And the membership gives us, you know, access for the whole family plus access to the, they call it the zoo mobile, um, which is this little, you know, train cart that takes you around the zoo that usually costs you extra if you, if you just pay for a day pass. So we have access to that, um, which is really good so that we can kind of, next time we go, we're just going to go see different exhibits. But 
the kids had a really good time. They love seeing the animals. And, and Izzy is, you know, at an age where she is over the moon to see uh, all these different animals. And she was having a great time. And even though she missed her nap, uh, she wasn't too bad. But when we all got home, we were all tired. Because, again, we were outside for, you know, three or four hours in the sun. And uh, it, was, it was a warm day. But we we had a good time. And, and we're looking forward to, like, going more uh throughout the summer and and that's all i said to ashley like it's a yearly membership it's open year round they have different exhibits you know open in the fall and in the winter and and stuff so there are opportunities to go outside of summer are we sponsored now by the toronto zoo are you getting money from them to say all these things i paid i paid money i paid money Hmm. to go and then said nice things about them. You, they definitely uh, figured figured you out. Uh, I will say, um, I am curious. Like, is your are you so close to the Toronto Zoo that your kids would not fall asleep in the car on the way back after a big day at the zoo? Well, we were kind of hoping Isabel would fall asleep. Um, we only like we we were leaving by two, so we got there around ten. We left by two, so we were only there for about three or four hours. But I think like. So this is the other thing we have this set up with, um, with the, we, we have the, the tablet and we kind of like have, I know some people, they have like the, the sort of, uh, the stand for the tablet that can kind of fit between the, the driver and the passenger seat, but we just have like a shoelace that goes across. We kind of tie up. Um, and I, and I didn't put this in the notes, but, uh, Abby's been obsessed with Coraline, which can kind of feed into our listener feedback. So I, I'll loop back to that one. But um, we have the tablet with with the movie and we have a Bluetooth thing. So we kind of like Bluetooth the tablet to the the van speakers and then put the audio in the back. So like the kids get like this, they they get better sound and and they hear it more than we do. And so like we had the movie playing and I think in hindsight, like it probably kept them from sleeping. So we are going to try to um, make it so that uh, the next time we go, we can have them have a small nap on the way home. But um, yeah, it's about an hour's drive. So like it, uh, we we were kind of hoping Izzy would nap because again, like she was missing a nap that day and we're, we're worried that like if we have her miss her nap, it'll just be like one missed nap away from her never not napping again. And, And we still stand by it that like Abigail stopped napping way too soon and, and to a point now where she just, she despises sleep, uh, outside of bedtime to the point even when she needs it like when she was home sick this week she needed a nap and by the end of the day you could tell that she needed one because she was just a complete and utter grump but uh yeah long story short um they they likely could fall asleep but they didn't this time and i will also say you cannot finish a super long story with long story short that's just a lie it's like i'm I'm like (laughs) did they fall asleep in the car you're like well ryan let me tell you blah 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 then the sun rise and then baba and izzy would have blah 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 anyway long story story short they did not okay well Well, it's true uh that is very true and i mean i like here's the thing uh, you've kind of caught me off guard with that. You're absolutely right. Uh, but I, I did meant here. I mentioned this. We'll move on. I mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned Coraline. We do have some listener feedback. Um, and this comes from uh, a discussion we had in discord with, with Travis. I don't know if you, you caught up on that conversation, but, um, he has a scenario where, uh, his, his kid is wanting to buy a video game, um, with his own money. 
And it led to some conversations about, and I know we've had this conversation multiple times on the show. Uh, this isn't calling Travis out at all. Not that we've, we haven't specifically talked about maybe this scenario, but um, talking about both age appropriate content discussion, uh, as well as kids learning the value of money and, and saving for things they want and, and stuff like that. And I know you and I have famously, even last week had the conversation about Godzilla 98. Um, that basically scored our all of our conversations between you know this recording and the last uh and and we've also talked about star wars and and a new hope and some select scenes in there that that may not be good for kids even though every time someone talks about seeing star wars as a kid they talk about how they were like seven or eight you know um and i know my kids aren't seven or eight but yeah, I think seven. Like I, I even check common sense media on Star Wars. Seven is about right for episode four, and that's like my daughter Gwen is seven. So problem is though, when you have a seven year old and you have another child, you yes. want to watch a movie with just the seven year old. When the hell are you going to do that? You know. Yeah, and that that is something that um, we've come across. Uh, it, it's even harder with with three. Uh, you know, when you um, like I know Izzy naps, so sometimes we can fit stuff in when when Izzy's napping, but. You know, it comes down to even video games, too. Like, um, Caden likes to play video games. Abigail, she has a, you know, a passing interest, but Isabel's way too young. And that even causes issues. So, but like in terms of like content discussion, I, I think it really comes down to what you're comfortable with and what you know your kid can handle. And I know the conversation has come up of like in terms of buying um, your kid buying their own video game. uh there was like conversation of like, you know, as a parent, you want to teach your kids the value of, of money, but also like you want to protect them from that disappointment of wanting, wanting something, spending their own money on it and then finding out it's not, it's not necessarily something that, uh, uh, that is, you know, up to their quality and, um, or, or even what they expected it to be. Obviously they're going to learn that lesson later on, but at like six, seven, you know, as a parent, like, I think it's fine to to step in and help out a little bit. Um, I had a specific incident with with Caden where we were in the dollar store, and I said, "Like, look, you can pick one thing. You can pick a a chocolate bar, which you're gonna have in the car, and it's gonna be gone, or you can pick a little toy." And like, I should have stopped myself. I should have said, "Buy the chocolate bar." But of course, he picked. Oh no, that's that's great logic, Dad. I'll pick this little toy. And it was this little puzzle box thing, and of course, it broke. Like within the day within the hour of him playing with it because he's six and it's a dollar store toy and i had to talk to him about it and be like yeah you know that's dad's fault like he should have protected you like the toys in the dollar store are shit uh for the most part and uh that one i should have seen coming a mile away so i don't know crofton like i I think protecting your kids from you know bad investments is, is probably a good idea especially when they're this young like that helps teach a lesson too right well, like, how much money do they have? Um, well, like, I mean, I, like, I, I'm just for me, it's it's one of these things where it's like money is kind of. Uh, I, I I don't really want my kids screwing around with money. Like, I know uh, teaching allowance and all of that is important, but like, I'd say like seven, eight, maybe you start talking money, but like before then, it's it's you want them to know that money doesn't grow on trees. But you don't at the same point, I think like purchases should mostly be vetted through parents before then, like it, you know, to give 
to give Clara at four years old, like a money to buy something, maybe just for the fun of paying for it herself in the store, I give her a $5 and let her pay for it. But she's not, I'm not going to give her money and have her regulator purchases or whatever. Uh, Gwen is at that age where you can start having that conversation and teach those lessons. But I would absolutely want her to buy something really stupid and feel immediately bad about it and then not have her money back and learn a valuable lesson. Um, I, I, you know, for me, I would never interfere with that process. Uh, and I, I know like I listen to podcasts or talk about video games and they'll be talking about like, bad video games that they played on, on the original Nintendo because they would save up and they would buy a game and, you know, that's the game you had. And so you didn't know it was bad and, uh, you know, you couldn't buy a ton of games. So you just play the crap out of this bad game. Uh, and I've had some absolutely huge lessons learned with regards to buying stuff as a kid. I, I'm pretty sure I shared my bad dude story on this podcast at one point. Uh, Ryan, did did I? Maybe. Did I, yeah, I can't. The, the 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 short version is is just that uh, way back in the day, and this is dating myself. There's this magazine called Consumer Distributing, and uh, you would order from it. It was like the Amazon of its time, and they would send stuff to this like store, and you pick it up. There's a picture in the magazine for a portable version of the arcade classic Bad Dudes. Um, and, uh, it, the, the picture they put in the magazine was the exact arcade machine. Uh, and so it gave the impression to a young and impressionable mind that for $16 and 99 cents Canadian, you could get a, in your hand, arcade cabinet, full color, bad dudes. Uh, and so of course I wanted that, but I only, my allowance was $2 and 50 cents. And my mom said, well, I can advance you. Uh, money because obviously as soon as I got my two dollars and fifty cents I blew it on candy because again I was a child um, and uh, she's like well if you want to spend sixteen dollars and like bad dudes takes quarters in arcade so I'm like th that sixteen dollars would pay for itself in no time but it means I wouldn't get any allowance for the entire summer while my brothers did so I was like sure I'm on board for that <laughs> so she forwarded me the money. And then I got bad dudes. It got mailed to consumer distributing. Uh, we went to pick it up. And then when I picked up the box, I knew right away that this was not the bad dudes that the picture <laughs> promised. It had like, it was essentially a Tiger Toys version. You know, one of those yeah. ones where, where you, you move like on a, on a screen, you're just illuminating images or whatever. It was still shaped like an arcade cabinet with a little mini joystick though. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, and my mom gave me an out. She knew. She's like, yeah, you know, you don't have to get that. Uh, you can have your allowance. And, so, and I had built up over weeks of hyping up this thing. I'm like, oh, I got to get bad dudes. And then when I... So I didn't back down. I was like, no, no, no. I, I, I want it. It's probably good. You know, it's not exactly the thing, but it's probably good. Ryan, it was not good. It was a piece of shit. And I was bored of it in within the afternoon that I bought it. And I was owed 16 bucks, which at the time was like in the uh, late 80s or whatever was a lot of goddamn money. Um, and uh, uh, my mom, to her credit, uh, let me out of the deal uh, about – I would say three weeks into it. So six bucks. I paid her back six bucks, baby. 
uh, or a little more. Uh, and then she was like, okay, he's learned his lesson. And boy, buddy, did I learn my lesson. I didn't get a credit card till I was like in my thirties. I was like, I was like, forget that. Uh, if I don't have the money, I don't want to buy it. So all this to say that the financial lesson, be sure your kids are old enough for financial lessons. Be sure, Know that they're going to take them with them as long as, uh, as they live for Gwen video games in particular. She just has a dad who's a gamer who just uh, has a subscription to Game Pass and buys stuff on on the Switch all the time. She gets games before she even knows that they exist. So it's been very rare that she's wanted. The only game she's ever wanted was Minecraft because they talked about it at school and kids wanted it. And I don't like Minecraft. So I was like, F this. But – Minecraft's on Game Pass. So when she eventually won a game Minecraft, I was just like, you're you're already playing Dragon Quest Builders on Game Pass, which again is a way better game for kids than Minecraft, but whatever. The internet has spoken, I guess. Um, but uh but Minecraft is uh is there on Game Pass and so for her, like all games are free from the magic box, you know? Uh until uh until one day we'll she'll have to actually uh, pay for them and if she wants something crappy that i don't want like if she wanted a paw patrol game that was not on game pass or something or on the switch i i guess we would have a conversation about me subsidizing part of it and her paying for some of it from her grandpa money that she gets every time grandpa comes to visit and gives her a bit of money uh, i'd be like give me some of your grandpa money i'll pay the rest and we'll figure it out so i mean that hasn't happened to me yet, though. So I, I, but I am very wary based on my experiences of teaching kids lessons. Money, they, they, they will. It will reinforce, and they will take them away. And and they can be good, but they can be, you know, damaging. Mostly, I would want to tell them, uh, you know. And once I institute an allowance, then talk about how we're gonna be spending that allowance or what my expectations are. And Gwen has a little bit of an allowance. We, we do, but we're not very steadfast on it. Like she gets the allowance, but we're not holding her too hardcore to the chores. We probably should be a little bit better. Uh, and mm -hmm. then if she has no money, we will often, you know, be like, okay, well, we can talk about buying this in the interest of fairness. The, my kids aren't like overly like if we go to the dollar store, yeah, they'll probably want a little thing. But they're not constantly asking me for stuff. And part of that, Ryan, is because it, as when I was a kid, there were ads for things. Where now they watch our kid shows on Netflix, there's no ads. So they don't know to want things. And I know I've mentioned this on the show before, but like there's very – unless – Gwen is told about something at school and all the other kids have it and she wants it or she sees it like the ice cream truck that keeps parking across from her school. She, she, she does not, she doesn't bug me for many money things because she just doesn't know what she would do with that money. Yeah. I mean, um, you make a really valid point with your, your story about your bad dudes, uh, handheld, uh, arcade experience. And I, I think that, um, uh, yeah, like, it can be a parent's, uh, um, you can be tempted to to shield your kids from a bad investment, but I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Like they they need to be at an age where is, is that lesson is it the right time for that lesson? And I think like, um, you know, it's also about you know doing the research too. And I, and I think when I was a kid, specifically with video games, there's one game that comes to mind that I all will always remember, and it was um we didn't have internet 
uh, at the time, uh, but the school did. And, you know, you had magazines and stuff. And it was Kirby 64. I remember seeing screenshots for it. Uh, I don't think I saw a trailer for it, but I remember seeing screenshots for it. And I remember reading about it in, in magazines. And I was super excited because, again, anything 64 meant, oh, well, it's like Mario 64, but it's Kirby. This is going to be great. Um, it was not. It was a, it was a, at the, at the time, like I know looking back now, like there has not been a 3d Kirby until just this year. Um, like a 3d action Kirby. It's mostly been like a side scrolling platformer. Um, but when I was a kid, I was, I was convinced that when I popped that into the N64, it was going to be like a Mario 64 experience, a Donkey Kong 64 experience, Banjo Kazooie, that sort of thing. Cause that was the 64. It was always this open world adventure type type experience and I remember spending my my herder money on it, uh, buying it. It was it was expensive, and pop. And then on the way home from the game store, opening it up and reading the manual, and and quickly realizing like, oh, this is a side scrolling <laughs> platformer. Um, being a kid and having a new video game, you find the fun and, and you make it work. And I, and it was not as bad as your experience. I think it was, I still enjoyed no, the I game. I played that Kirby game. That's a good Kirby. Yeah. That, that's a fine Kirby game. I don't even think it, like your, your story is that you were an elitist kid that likes 3d <laughs> over 2d and, and like, didn't appreciate a well-made game until you had it thrust in your face. Um, yeah, no, I, I get, I get what you're saying. It wasn't what you expected. There are all types of lessons. Sometimes you learn, uh, you lose money uh, to a, a weird, like, uh, uh, magazine timeshare thing. And other times you just, you get a side scrolling platformer over an open world 3d game. I mean, uh, there are varying degrees of lessons learned, but I think for, you know, Travis, like, um, What's the, Travis's question? That well, the question. I mean, we've been discussing it, uh, but the question has been basically like, if if his kid wants to buy something, like how involved are you in in the conversation? And I think being oh. gamers, like, and and as Crofton said, like your kids are gonna pick stuff up from school. Maybe same with my kids, not necessarily through commercials, but through school. And there are some experiences where, like, there are gonna be kids playing, you know, games that are that are not for their age group or, or maybe not for even for your kid, but um, like there are kids games like, like Roblox and, and stuff like that, where I'm just like, oh, I'm not definitely not ready for that. Like, you know, uh, but like Minecraft has come up, you know, I think uh, Minecraft is a really good option. And, and I mean, if you do have like a, uh, like either an Xbox or, or some uh, like an older PC that you can run game pass on, like it's on game pass. It's it's one of those things where for me for me there's two questions here. One is about what you allow your kids to play or engage with, and the other is about the money, the money thing. Because because honestly, like like Minecraft was a was uh, my friend and his wife were having a big like they've been keeping their kids their their son away from video games. Like they have sort of old school views of video games. They want to keep them away because they know as soon as that they introduce them, that's, that's it. They, they, you know, they keep moving goalposts on that, in my opinion, that like he's getting older now, he knows that they're out there. And, and the big one that the kids at schools talk about are uh, is Minecraft. So they had to have a, you know, figure out if, if they were comfortable with their kid getting into Minecraft, like, did it have any addictive elements? Does it have any, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that's the, you know, that's the big thing if it, for me, for me, if it was a situation where my, my, my kid's going to school and 
all the kids are playing or doing this thing. I'm now like, I want to know about these things. Like my, I come from an era where parents just like ate up whatever the hell the news was telling them about, about this, you know? And, and we, we had, my wife and I had a conversation where she, at one point where she told me, I heard that Minecraft is this, that, or she was saying all sorts of stuff. And I was like, where did you hear this about Minecraft? Like, this is just a building game. Like there's <laughs> nothing, there's nothing of, no issue with this um in my mind and like i know a fair amount of, you know about video games but like the we talked about stranger things the recent season is is uh embracing the 1980s dungeons and dragons scare where like media were talking about dungeons and dragons like it was going to corrupt your children and stuff and i just think that that um that when it comes to purchases i and, and and video games in particular but anything really i want to be informed as to what everybody is talking about at school and if it's like if it's if it's a dumb thing like we had dumb things like what are those pocket pets that you had on the little screen you know like we had all sorts we had so much T t tamagotchi yeah or tamagotchi something. we had so much dumb shit all the time and but if, if there is a like, it, there's a difference between peer pressure, like, hey, want to smoke a joint, and hey, want to play Tam. Like, I can't believe you don't have a Tamagotchi. For me, I want my, I want, I don't want my kid to feel excluded of the trends that's going on. So, like, if they're telling me this is big at school and I'm not familiar with it, I'm going to look into what it is. And if it's a video game that's not to my taste, you know, like I'll probably support support her in, in, in playing it as, as much as I can, even though I would, if I don't want it, I would try to make her shell out a little bit of money. Maybe I would, I would fund the rest. We would come to some sort of deal on it sort of stuff. But yeah, if it's Minecraft, which is for me, like the ones, the schoolyard games are Pokemon, Minecraft, and uh, I guess Roblox and what, Oh, uh, Fortnite obviously Fortnite, yeah. is, is, is a big one, which is again, like all these, like Fortnite and a lot of them have figured it out. It's like free to play, baby. You know, like everybody's playing it because it's free. Um, but Minecraft, to my knowledge, is not free to play. Anyway. It's it's not free, but it's a it's a low dollar um, investment. I think if you're looking to pick it up on on any platform, and um, I I think Crofton nailed it. It comes down to like what are, what are the kids playing? And I think that's the other thing too is um, even though you know. Um, with every generation, there is the stupid stuff. I almost said stupid shit, but like the stupid stuff that they're, they're into, I think like, and, and stupid is, is a strong word, but like, um, I think it's better now. Like the level of quality that, you know, kids are engaging in is best specifically with video games. I, I will, I, that's where I'm more knowledgeable is I think like the level of quality is there. And the parental control is there as well. Like, I, I keep in mind, like, even looking at, like, um, you know, uh, my family, like, my, me and my brothers, or, or more specifically, like, Ashley and her sisters, like, the two older ones didn't grow up with cell phones, but the two younger ones were in, like, a, like a Wild West. Like, they had cell phones. There was no, the parental control options we have now, like, were just non-existent. For the most part, those were in, introduced in the last, you know half a decade um so there are a lot of options there too and I, and I think like just the the level of quality when it comes to to games streaming services tv shows all that fun stuff is like what the kids are into is is stuff that is um is really is it's good content um 
you just have to be engaged and you have to be, you have to know, I think what's going on. And I, and I think that's where, you know, Roblox, it's, it's something I know nothing about. Um, honestly, uh, I would have to, I would have to dive into it before, before the kids w- would get into it. But I know like, um, Caden knows what it is because we were watching like a Sonic thing and like, there's like a Sonic level in Roblox and they were talking about it. I'm watching this. And I was like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. And Caden's like, oh yeah, I know, you know, kids at school that play Roblox. I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, and, and then Fortnite, but like, again, like it's just, that's getting into a whole other thing of like user content generation, online systems. And it, it, like without knowing more about it, it, you have to do the research. But like, I think that's where Minecraft is, is great is that you can have, your own world you, you can play it offline like um if that's what you know your kid wants to buy but um yeah i i, I think we've we've uh, we've certainly addressed the the question and, and again it's going to be something that comes up a lot over the next years um as uh crofton continues to not let his kids watch star wars and and i uh i, I work my way through all the godzilla films so um you know we all have our ways of uh of of getting around to watching the godzilla films so we'll get there She'll never watch a Godzilla. I will deprive her of Godzilla her entire <laughs> life. She'll be like, what is this big lizard cheap movie? Seems very comical. I'm like, that's Godzilla. Talk to Ryan about it. He'll tell you. He loves it so much. No steers daughter of mine is going to watch Godzilla. That's basically what you're saying, right? We're Mothra people here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Mothra's pretty good too. Um, well, you know, on that note, I think we will end the show because uh, how could you how could you top that? Uh, you can visit us on the web, tgistudios.com slash dad. You can email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers, and the show at DNDCast. That is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great couple weeks. We'll be back uh, before the end of June. Have a good one. Your brother's into Mechagodzilla. I don't like that. Just Mothra. We're Mothra people. What else is there? Is this uh, King King? Uh, oh, King King something. Um, Look, we've already exhausted your Godzilla. Ghidorah. You're Ghidorah. Just, I got it. I, I had you're it. just a Godzilla poser. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. He just bolts right away. Now. <laughs>